0: Well, exercise does profit a little, the Bible says. Uh, I need to clarify also what Pastor Dan said to everybody online. We welcome you. But did he call you local or loco? (laughs) So I think he said local. So if you misunderstood, we love you. You're not loco. Oh, it's good to see you. I'm excited about the message I have for you today. But also on uh, Wednesday morning about uh, 6 o'clock, um, the Lord was speaking to me about this, this message and the beginning uh, time of um, our message is to pray for you. And not pray for you because there's something wrong, pray for you because God is moving in a unique way and he is touching our lives physically, emotionally, and spiritually, And I just want us to come in agreement with that. And um, I'm just excited about the breakthrough. Um, I am looking forward to, as we continue talking about our calling, of explaining to you my calling and the way I see my calling and the way God sees it and the way God has set it apart for me to minister. But with the teaching, you're going to learn about yours. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the anointing of God that rules and reigns at Valley Community Church. We have what you have given us. And so many of us have done so well. But Father, I thank you that in every area of our lives that we can enlarge and grow. And now I speak that because you have prophetically spoken to us And reiterated to me this past week, in Jesus' name, we are healed. By Jesus' stripes, we are healed. There's absolutely zero doubt that we are healed. Because you proclaimed it, and you're not a liar. The world is trying to bring us into fear and absolute deception of bodily health. And I thank you for touching our bodies. Thank you, Lord, for returning Pastor Ben to us. In Jesus' name, he is well. Thank you, Father, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, for those that have had surgeries, those that are are watching us online, that are not able to be with us. In Jesus' name, you are well. Thank you, Lord, emotionally, that through COVID, our children have been protected. And if the enemy has come in in any little way to bring deception into our children, we bind that up in Jesus' name and we loose totality of revelation of the ways of God, that you are in control. Father, I thank you for our government, but Lord, we proclaim to our government God is in control. And now, for spiritual health, I proclaim salvation for those that are not born again. Those that proclaim that they are atheists, (laughs) they have more faith in believing in evolution than they do in believing in a creator. We believe in a creator. And in Jesus' name, reveal that truth to those who say and proclaim they don't believe. Reveal the truth to those that have been hurt and have been mad at God. In Jesus' name, don't just know the acts of God, but know his ways. God will return you to his promise in this time of trial. So do not be mad at God. Be mad at an enemy and be mad at sin and walk in that straight line That will bring you to total revelation of spiritual health. And we give you honor for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for being here. It's just, I just absolutely love our Sunday mornings and Sunday nights as we gather. Reminder to you, Sunday night at 6 o'clock, we gather and we do an in-depth Bible study on Sunday night, as well as identity, and our children will meet across the way. I don't know if any of you have ever gone over there and seen all the setup for the kids uh, and for the youth and in the evening. It's, it's awesome, and it's just a joy. I, I, I kind of wish I had that when I was a kid, you know, and, uh, but they have a lot over there. And uh, great spiritual leaders that are doing great work over there, to uh, and for our children and our youth. So we began a couple weeks ago a teaching uh, called "Why Am I Here," and we've been talking about our calling. And now what we want to do is we want to steer this in our calling that is is the same, and talk about what is a career. We hear all the time, you know, in high school, you need to do this and this so that you can have a great career and make a lot of money and all this. But really, what is a career? What does the Bible talk about the career? What are God's ways in regarding your career? Whether you're just starting, whether you're dreaming about it, or whether you are, have concluded you're in retirement, I want you to understand your career is as important at the age of 90 as it is at 16. So, church family, it is the time of breakthrough. And we need to break through and bring peace into our revelation of our careers. The struggles, the bad bosses, the the hardships, the firings, the, the layoffs, the lack of promotion, all these things that go on in our life We need to really see God's ways, God's heart regarding the call in our life or our career so that it brings peace when we are in different seasons, seasons of trial and seasons of great joy. We need to be the same in all of those. So I'm going to show you what the Bible says, how we are to think in the truth of our career so life doesn't just kick us around. And one day we're up, the next day we're down, one day we're, praise the Lord, the next day we're depressed because we really don't understand and zero in on the truth of our life and what God's called us to accomplish. So it also is times for your calling and career to align. You'll understand this in a little bit. I'll say it again. It's also is a time for your calling and your career to align. The difficulty is that we have a thought process that our calling in our career is one of two different things. In our career, in many instances, because we work out into the world, we can't talk, speak, do the things that we normally do in our calling or our church life. But I want you to know is that God says, in spite of all the rules and regulations at work and all that, that our career and calling will align because we really understand what it is. So you follow me with this? Because I think some of the things in the over four decades of ministry, the struggle that many people have, is how to do that, and they, they, gets, they are frustrated uh, with their job, and many times people will come to me after they quit, or after they get fired because of an attitude situation, because not because of the problem at work or the problem in life, it's because the lack of understanding <clears throat> and or deception of how to understand your calling and your career that they are to align. So we have learned in this series so far, we all serve because we are believers. We are all people of honor and integrity and we serve one another. We we come in and in, in our walk with God, we are servants of others. We are living our life of serving and honoring others, that Pastor Ben is more important to me than Pastor Gary, is that I look to minister to Ben, and because of that, that comes back to me in kingdom reality, but I'm not looking for it to come back to me. I'm looking to be that servant and caring for people. The reason why I study the way I study is not because I'll look good It's because I want to introduce to you this great God that is so huge I can study 24-7 for the rest of my life, and I still won't understand all he is until I go to meet him in heaven. And then I will have total revelation of who our Lord and Savior is. Amen? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So we, all, we have learned also we all have some sort of calling and we have a career. So here is what I want to talk about. Many of us of you know your career. You know what your desire is and you know what you do at work. But the Holy Spirit wants me to talk to you about your or our life calling. That everything in life aligns with our life calling. It's a specific purpose for being on this earth. You'll, write many, you'll read many self-help books, and I read them. First of all, I read Christian self-help, and I read non-Christian self-help because I want to see how the world looks at it and how Christendom of today, authors of today, look at it and that it aligns with the Word of God, what the Word of God says. So that's what I do. That's part of what I do is I study and I align things up to the totality of a life calling or living for God. I can say it this way, a specific purpose for being on earth or why am I here for my whole life? Why are you here? And I'm going to say this in a little bit, But there will be seasons in your life. The Bible says there are many seasons that we have. We're learning about that with the life of Joseph on Sunday night at 6 p.m. We're learning about the different seasons and the tests and the trials that he faces and how did he react, sometimes wrongly and most of the time rightly. But how do we live that life in the midst of all these seasons? So, yes, I am a believer and I serve. Yes, I or you have gifts and some sort of ministry, but what is my life purpose? Romans chapter 1, verse 1, basically will describe uh, the last two weeks and this week. Verse 1 says, Paul, Paul the apostle, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle separated to the gospel of God. I could teach on this passage for six months because of the depth of this passage, but I'm going to simplify it for us today and kind of wrap up the first three weeks of this series, and then we're going to talk about the God that we serve. His ways in the next uh, three to four weeks. So this is the summary, this verse, of the past two weeks and today. It says, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, as a believer, we are called to serve Christ. Called, he says, called to be an apostle. That's Paul's gift, spiritual gift and ministry that he, last week, committed to. Okay, I'm gonna say that again because I want us to wrap our minds on this because then I'm gonna take you on a journey and I'm gonna give you some revelation that's just gonna, and I'm just gonna say this before I even teach on it, it's gonna wow you because it's absolutely gonna clarify some things and the struggles you've had in your past. So he's, again, he says, Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, being born again believer, we're to serve Jesus Christ. He's an apostle, that's his spiritual gift, and the ministry of the spiritual gift he's committed to. But here is today Paul's life calling, Paul's life purpose and career is separated to the gospel of God. People say, what is your career? Well, I do this at this company. That's what you do, but your career is you're separated to the gospel of God as a believer. God has separated me or set me apart to the gospel. God has set, separated you and set you apart to the gospel. That's my or that's our life purpose. That's your life purpose. That is your career. That is what you do. Everything you are about is to minister the gospel, to be the light of the world. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, but because he is in us through the Holy Spirit, then that light shines through us. And so everything we say, everything we do is for the purpose of ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now let's talk about the bondservant. What does that mean? If a person sold himself, this is way back when, we don't do that today, but this, this is an example. If a person sold himself to someone because of a debt, that's what people would do back then. They didn't have welfare. They didn't have all these different things. So what they would do is they would borrow uh, from someone who had, and then they would take that to make money, and then from that money they would pay back their debt. But if something happened that they couldn't pay back the debt, they would sell themselves to the person for seven or actually six years and on the seventh year, they would have their debt canceled. All right, now I can go into the spiritual aspect of that Jesus canceled our debt and we become servants. We're not going to go there. That's going to be next year in January, February. But if he says, I would rather be your servant than leave you, he has a debt. I love you, I believe in you and who you are, I'm going to sell myself as a servant to you for those seven years. But after, in the seventh year, he says, I don't want to leave you. I still want to serve you and and be with you. Then what that is, that becomes what is called in biblical times a bond servant then you would take an earring or different specific things and you would put it in an ear and you would put that and then it would be a sign that you have chosen out of love to serve the master. And so in essence, Paul said, I have chosen to serve the Lord in Romans 1.1, 1, 1. he has made that decision that I am free to do what I want. God has given us freedom to choose what he want, what we want. Remember, he said, you know, in this world, you choose life or, or death. You know, blessings are cursing, but choose you life. He, he is telling you, I've given you the freedom to choose. But when we're talking about our career we're making a decision to be a a bondservant to Jesus Christ. That's what Paul is saying there in Romans 1.1. And so now I have chosen my whole life, my life purpose is to serve the master, to serve Jesus Christ. Whether my gift is a pastor, an apostle, whatever it may be, whether my gift is a plumber, whether my gift, you know, whatever it may be to serve in the church, the, the uh, ministry gifts of the body of Christ. You see that in Romans chapter 12 and, and all the different uh, chapters, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And, and you see the different uh, teachings on this. We're not gonna go there, but I want you to understand, you have chosen to be a servant of Christ, a servant of God. So when stuff happens, you go back to the master. When situations arise in your life, when seasons change, you go to the master. So let's continue. So my or our purpose is to spread the good news. It's for the rest of our life. For us to attend church all our life and never invite someone to church or lead someone to the Lord we don't understand our career purpose. If we did, if we were hired at a job, they told us what we were supposed to do and we didn't do it, what would happen? We'd get fired, okay? And so that's the point is I'm not saying God's gonna fire you, you're gonna go to hell. That's not what we're talking about here, okay? But what we're we're saying is we have to look at it because we don't understand our career. We think that our career uh, brings identity that our career, you know, makes us feel good about ourselves. That our career, you know, what our 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 career, our job, our title doesn't pay our bills. I'll go on and we'll explain that later. So here's the question: I'm asking you, what is your purpose? And people will come and say, well, my purpose is in a thousand different things. We're talking about a career. There's only one thing, to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. So do you know why you are specifically on this earth? For instance, again, I am a believer. I've given my life to Jesus. I'm a pastor. That's my calling on this earth. So there'll probably be a day I'll step out of the pastorate years from now and step into what I call a leading leaders ministry. It's years from now, but my wife and I are already setting that up because we're being led of the Holy Spirit because we know our career. Our career is about ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ but I know that my purpose is, what my purpose is, and at the end of the message, I'm gonna tell you specifically my purpose. I'll sum it up. Your purpose never changes either. But seasons change. But the specific of your career purpose on this earth never changes. So I have three things to show you regarding your purpose so that you can match your purpose, your career, to your calling and it will align. All right, so here's the first one. Your purpose is not your position. We live in a society, especially our culture, uh, where we live today in Southern California is Titles and positions are very important to people. How many of you know of people who worked hard all their life and they were just like amazing people, all of a sudden they got promoted and got a title and they changed? How many of you know people who serve God with all their heart in the church, they got a title in the church and they changed? They're, they're given a position in the church and then they become this master that just ridicules people and overlords on people. And thus saith the Lord, and, and you can't do anything by yourself. You've got to go to them, and they're going to tell you exactly what God is saying. Well, that is a bunch of hooey. I don't do that as your pastor. Amen. I don't. But a lot of people do because they don't understand your purpose is not your position. Another way to say it, your identity is not your position. Today we we run around uh, trying to figure out our identity or people have lost their identity and they really don't know who they are. I know who I am and I'll show you that at the end of the message. 1 Samuel chapter 16, uh, Samuel comes to anoint David as king and let's read this, uh, verse 10. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are all the young men here? Then he said, There remains yet the youngest, and there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Okay, he was going to be the one that was going to be set as king. He was going to be the boss of bosses. Now, wouldn't that be great when we were young, if some prophet came to us, And said, You're the one, you're going to be the boss of all bosses. You know, we just today, with not understanding career, calling, and aligning everything, we would say, Cool, right? That's cool. I'm going to be rich, I'm going to be famous, all these things. So the prophet says, Your career was to be the boss of everyone, the king. But the point is, all of us would say, "Ha! everything is going to be provided, and I'm just going to be the head cheese. I like that. Okay? But you know, the prophet said, you're going to be rich, you will have servants, and you'll live in a castle. Disneyland. You'll live in a castle. Now, I wonder now if Samuel was turning to leave, and he said this, but it's not recorded in the Bible. Uh, He didn't say it, but let me just say say this to you, so you understand where I'm going, because we know, looking back at David's life, and then he says, okay, you're going to be rich, you're going to have servants, you're going to live in a castle, but by the way, the rest of your life, everybody's going to try to kill you. (laughs) what would you do then? I don't know if that castle looks very good right now. Give me a cabin way back in the woods and I'll be fine with that. David might have balked. David might have said, you know what? I don't know if I can handle this. Samuel didn't tell David that. So when God gave, listen another story, Joseph a dream and told him, his family would bow down to him. He was prideful. We're talking about this Sunday night. He was prideful and told all his brothers of his dream. Listen, boys, I know you're older than me. I know how things go in our society, but you're going to bow down to me. Pride. God conveniently didn't tell Joseph about slavery in prison. We see the life of Joseph Joseph was in slavery and Joseph was in prison. But in the prophecy, because David began to understand true life and what God was doing in his life, every time he was in, put in prison, slavery, he rose up to the top. Because he knew who he was. So why am I telling you this? You and I are going and going going to go through seasons and some of the seasons you go through, you're not going to like. They're going to be very uncomfortable. They're going to try to make you mad. They're going to try to deceive you. They're going to try to get you mad at God and blame him and blame others. But God said, you're going to go through seasons, but you must understand your career. Even David, before his career, he had several jobs before he was king. David was a shepherd. David was a musician. David was in the military, and then he became king. And a lot of times when people, you know, they, they want to start, when they think they're born again and all this, that they're going to be on top of the ladder. A lot of times we start at the bottom rung and sometimes, because we don't understand our career ministry, sometimes we go up a rung and we fall down two rungs because of our lack of understanding of our career and aligning our gifting everything about us to our career, and that is serving the Lord Jesus Christ and committing to literally preach the gospel everywhere we go. But the church has lost that. Did you know that 9%, 9 to 11% of all churches grow because of people getting born again? The other percent, 89 to 91%, that grow, grow because a group over here transfers to a group over here. A group over here transfers to a group over here. And then growth just happens. That's why in the past 28 years, the church in America has not grown. Has not grown in attendance. We've grown spiritually, but we haven't understood our career calling. That is ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ and teaching others to become born again. And teaching the truth but we get wrapped up in our career. Even pastors get wrapped up in their calling, and they call it the career. My career is ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ here at the club where I work out, on the golf course, at the grocery store, wherever I go. That's my career, ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ, leading people to Christ. So we need to align everything about our life to that. So it meshes. So David went through seasons. No matter what life calling you're in, there are seasons. See, one of the highest uh, career calling is to be in the world. Career calling is to be a mom or a dad. With the world today, we need more godly moms and godly dads. It doesn't take a village. It takes parents. So mom is your calling, but you will go through seasons. What what kind of seasons we talk about? Well, uh, (laughs) you will have, you'll get married. That's a season. You'll have your first baby. That's a real season. They'll become school children. Teenagers, God help you. A season of college. College. A season at times of your children finding a spouse. A season of their marriage. A season where your children get married and have children. Then you become a grandmom. A season. And in all those seasons, your purpose is not your position at the time. Because if you don't like your job or what's going on in your life, in your home, or your boss, it will pass because it's a season. Okay, keep following me. I'm still planting the introduction of this aspect. In every season you are in right now, you need to ask God what he is trying to teach you in the midst of the season. Here's our first reaction to a season that tough times come up. God, why? Help me. Here's the question we always need to ask in every season. God, this is really uncomfortable or this is really great. What are you trying to show me? What's my next step? What do I do with this? You know what he's going to do? He's going to take you back from the beginning. Love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and body. Get in the Word of God. Be discipled. Because that never changes. It's always the same. just keeps growing. But you grow in it. All right? And, and he's wanting you to understand in this season there is something not I'm putting you through this because I'm going to teach you something because I'm that ogre God. No. The Bible says no evil comes from God. But he is saying there's something I can show you in the midst of this or remind you in the midst of this that you already know. But that's where we get uh, deception, and that's where we get hurt, hurt feelings, leave churches, do all kinds of things. Because I want to tell you there are a lot of times God will bring people in your life because you haven't chosen to change in the area he's wanted you to change. Because he's got something greater, not a greater job, not a greater boss or anything like that, or you become the boss. He's got something greater for you. As we learned earlier, God enjoys blessing his children. But he can't bless, I'm gonna say it, Rebellious children that deny the character of God by blaming God. I I get it all the time on the golf course at the club. You know, people, I'll introduce myself to someone or they'll introduce to me. And then after a while, because I don't go around, Hi, I'm Pastor Gary, pastor of Valley Community Church, Been doing it for 43, you know, I don't do that hey, my name's Gary, how you doing? You know, after a while I say, well, what do you do? And I say, well, I pastor an amazing church in Omani And uh, he says, wow, I used to go to church. Well, why don't you go to church anymore? Well, I didn't like, and then they go on, to they got their feelings hurt or whatever. All right, because if you don't learn it with this, boss or you don't learn it and understand what god is asking you to accomplish and to do and to become in the midst of the trial or the joy you'll get one even worse because you open the door to the enemy come in and make it worse and or you will have to do a redo god will say i love you son i love you daughter come on give me a hug I don't want to hug you. You're mean. Give me a hug. All of a sudden, you get closer to God. He says, okay, let's try this again. God is very gentle. He is. He doesn't take a stick and beat you. That's abuse. So David was king, but he went through rough seasons or went through seasons. Here's the second. Your purpose is not your provision. Sometimes your career lines up with your purpose, and sometimes it doesn't. Like what I do for a living I'm a pastor, <laughs> I'm in church most of the time. You need to know your job is not your provision. My job of being a pastor is not my provision. God is always your provision, and I know that just like doesn't compute, you know, you know, like loss in space, does not compute, does not, you know, we we go around in life, things don't compute for some of the younger people, loss in space, what's that? We have to get to a place of understanding that God is our provision. Yes, he will use the job. He'll use the pay. But he is the provision. He's the one that is blessing you, not your boss. God just doesn't provide finances. He provides everything we need. In time, it will take place, so stay committed. He provides the right job. When you have a terrible job, in time, he provides the right dwelling, the home, the roof over your head, and in time, he provides everything. So, in 2 Samuel 15, verse 1 through 6, allow me to show you a season in David's life after he became king. He was a boss of all bosses, he had everything. All right. So after this, it happened that Absalom provided for himself. Notice he provided for himself, not God. Absalom, his son. It was funny, a gentleman in my office today brought it up. But uh, verse 2 says, Now Absalom would rise early and stand beside the way to the gate. So it was, whenever anyone who had a lawsuit came to the king for decision, that Absalom would call to him and say, What city are you from? And he would say, Your servant is from such and such, a tribe of Israel. Then Absalom would say to him, Look, your case is good and right, but there is no deputy of the king to hear you. Moreover, Absalom would say, Oh, that I were made judge in the land, and everyone who has any suit or cause would come to me, then I would give him justice. In other words, he's saying, I'm the boss of all bosses. I'm, if you made me the boss, good stuff. If you made me king, then life would be good for you. Sounds like government today, doesn't it? And so it was, whenever anyone came near to bow down to him, that he would put out his hand and take him and kiss him. In this manner, Absalom acted toward all Israel, who came to the king for judgment. So they would go to the king, And because of all that was going on, they would talk with the king. They wouldn't get an answer right away. And Absalom would go, hey, come here, come here. I'm your savior. I'll take care of you. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. He deceived the hearts of Israel. So what we find is David has a traitor on his hand. Absalom was trying to provide provision and position For himself. You see that? Trying to provide provision and position for himself. By the way, if you have to, this is important that you understand this. If you have to manipulate to get it, you will have to manipulate to keep it. It'll be the rest of your life. So why not trust God? Psalm 75, let him promote you. All right, so keep this in your heart. If God gives it to you or promotes you, no one can take it away from you. Psalm 75, six and seven, for exaltation comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. So what do you do in your career? you minister the gospel of Christ, and you trust him for your provision and your promotion. So God promotes. Absalom, David's son, creates this coup, and he goes to Hebron and declares himself king. Now, follow the story. We're not going to read it because of time. But at this time, David, because of the coup, leaves the city while well, he's king, order the military to go kill him, right? But I want you to understand, rightfully, hmm yeah, let's do this, and we're rightfully right, okay? But you know, in the world system, sometimes what looks as righteous or justice is not God's righteousness or justice. So at this time, David, because of the coup, leaves the city. David was a mighty man, but he left because he trusted in the Lord. It's hard to do. Because it's your life. It's, quote, if you don't understand it, (laughs) you think, it's my career. You ruined me. No. God's the one that's in control. So, The the famous story of that, then he leaves, and uh, Shemaiah is a gentleman who is ticked off and mad at David, and so he throws a rock at David and curses him. It's in the Bible. You can read it. And Abishai, one of the mighty men, said to David, (laughs) O king, you know I love you and I know what is right. I'll just go over there and take his head off. How many of you have ever thought, I wish someone would take his head off? Right? Okay, well, let's, let's go on. Let's leave that. So legally, he could have done that. But David said, no, maybe God sent him. Maybe God sent a guy to throw a stone? No, maybe God was saying, hey, are you going to be like Joseph and go into a prideful fit? That it's not fair what he's doing? I'm king, the prophet chose me? Because, you know, the prophet didn't say everybody's going to try to kill you and ruin you, but he's going through these seasons. It's amazing what happens to David because through all of this, He does make a mistake, and I'll show you why. So, let me tell you how David knew God was his provision. Because David had the Ark of the Covenant where God dwells. When David left the city, he brought the Ark with him, his presence. What do we learn from that? We don't have the Ark of the Covenant. God's presence is the key. Spending time with God in the midst of your tribulation. In the midst of that. The next day, the day after that, the next week, the month, it may not look good. It may look like it's getting worse. But what is God saying to you? 2 Samuel 15, verse 25 and 26. Man, I I haven't told you all yet. I can't wait till what I have to tell you in a moment. Then the king said to Zadok, carry the ark of God back into the city. Why would he do that? Keep it. If I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me back and show me both it and his dwelling place. But if he says thus, I have no delight in you, here I am. Let him do to me as seems good to him. Total submission to God. So let me give you the picture. All his provision, all his protection, all of the favor of God, he says, all right, I know I have that, but I'm going to give it up. I'm going to put it in the city where Absalom was. And if God has not favored me in this, I trust God. I trust God. Probably with tears going down his cheek, probably sitting there a little bit like this. Let's be real, folks. This is real life. I'm not talking to you about, oh, thus saith the Lord, trust in God and just walk through all the tragedies and challenges that you face in life and everything's good and just smile and be happy. I'm not saying that per se. What I'm saying is that we have to understand our career calling. Everything I'm about, everything you're about is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's what it's about. It's not about how good it is, what size of house you have, what you have. You give it up for him. He's the one that will guide you, direct you, and meet every need. But you have to trust him. You have to trust him. He said God is in control. He will decide, so take the ark to the the city. By the way, did you know Indiana Jones found the ark in 1981? (laughs) David knew the presence of God needs to stay with the people of God. Oops, what, what, what did I just say? David knew the presence of God needs to stay with the people of God. Again, it's serving others. It's realizing that you are a blessing and stay a giver when everybody's taking. David said, if God wants me to be king, he's big enough to bring me back. By the way, the end of the story, he did. God's in control. So the question is, is do we trust God in our career? I do. Do you? No one can thwart your destiny but you. No boss, no company, no person, but you. A boss will be crude, rude, going through divorce, you know, in pornography, angry, mad, doesn't serve God, and might even let you go. But God's got something good for you. Amen. And some of you may have had a spouse that you've tried to bring to church, you've tried to do everything, and all they did is abuse hate you, despise you. But I want to tell you, trust God even though it hurts. Because life hurts. Life hurts, folks. And that's what bothers me sometimes in in church and them that some preachers are out there, just, just do this and everything will be great. No, it's not. Sometimes you're hurting. Sometimes you're weeping in your prayer time and you're devastated, and you want to give up, don't give up. Understand your career is in God's hands if you trust him. We're being quiet because I know it's touching your life. That's why I'm excited because I know this message, the Lord promised me, is going to transform a lot of people, especially online. David knew that, and his purpose was not his provision. God was his provision. Here's the third, and we'll conclude with this. Your purpose is your pursuit. Your purpose is what you pursue. Obviously, we pursue God. But we pursue serving God. We pursue loving God. We pursue what God's call is in our lives. Do we pursue God, loving God, and do we pursue being the light of the Lord to the people we work with and loving our job in the midst of the stuff? And imparting grace because God imparted grace to you. Acts 13.36, a great scripture. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers, and saw corruption. In other words, he died and his body just disintegrated. (laughs) But he pursued God. See, that's me. One day, I'll go be with the Lord a long time from now. But when I do, I just want to be known as I, I pursued God. And I pursued the things that God called me to do, the career. What is my career? Here's my career, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not just here on the platform, but in many different areas. So David messed up. I said that earlier. And you know what he did. So let's talk about it. And let's talk about the reason why he messed up. We're talking about pursuing our career and keeping focused on our career and not backing away from what we're supposed to do in our career. He quit pursuing his purpose that God put on his life. Let's read it. 2 Samuel chapter 11. Verse 1 and 2. Grab this, folks. See it. It happened in the spring of the year, at the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem You see, David couldn't build the temple, Solomon's temple, because he had blood on his hands. He was a military guy. Watch this. But David remained at Jerusalem. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. You know what happened? He had an affair. He put her husband in the front of the line. He was killed so he could marry her. If David was pursuing his purpose and not backing away, I'll tell you what, I'm going to pursue my purpose until the day I go to be with the Lord. Because David was pursuing his purpose. God had on his life, and then he had a time, a season. He did not. And if he kept pursuing his purpose, he never would have seen Bathsheba. That's where we get in trouble. We get frustrated with work. We get frustrated with this. Frustrated with church. Frustrated with a pastor. Frustrated with our brother sitting next to us. Well, maybe not that one. The one on your left shoulder the reason we stop pursuing god purpose is we go through seasons and accomplish something and we don't look back to god asking what the next season is for our life we call it today's day a midlife crisis i'll call it a church life crisis you don't get meaning out of your career you get meaning out of your relationship with God. Well, I try to minister to people. I try to lead people to Christ. <clears throat> and they just don't listen. You don't get meaning of your life and how spiritual you are, of how many notches you can put in your Bible belt. Ask God, what do you have for me? So let me tell you my purpose in closing. My purpose is to help people develop an intimate relationship with God. And it's a lifelong journey. See, we can confuse our purpose with our goals. I have three goals, and family is wrapped around all of them. Here's the first. Preaching and teaching the Word of God. Here's the second. Inspiring and mentoring pastors and leaders. Here's the third. Bringing healing into the next generation. I am today preparing for the next generation here. That's why we're doing. That's why in the beautification of this facility, I am preparing for the next generation. what? The preaching and teaching of the word of God, the inspiring and mentoring of leaders and bringing healing to that generation which then they will bring healing to the following generation I'll say this, those three things, all that floats my boat and it's not like the Titanic it's unsinkable it floats my boat I am passionate about my career calling, and I can't do it for you. I can lead you to the one. I can equip you to the one, but you have to make that decision yourself. You have to put your heels on the ground and say, I've done it the other way if that's what you've done, and say, no longer I'm going to do that. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do everything, the pressures, all the things. I've been there. I've done that, okay? And I'm going to do that, but I'll tell you what, my career, my identity, everything I am is wrapped around ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ and serving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's what it is. Habakkuk 2, 1 and 2. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart. This is one of my favorite scriptures and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Where's my attitude? Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. In other words, that he may run who reads it. Watch this. Yeah, he's talking to the prophet. But let me just tell you, he's talking to you too. Write it down, make it plain on your heart so that those who read it, those who experience you will follow after it. I want to be Jesus Pied Piper. I want to play the flute of the Word of God and the preaching of the gospel and look back and see hundreds and thousands following me. And that's not my identity If it's 100, if it's 5, if it's 1,000, if it's 10,000, that's God's plan. But I'm committed to my career. And I pray that you will write it down and spend time with God. Last, there have been three times I remember where I lost passion. Passion. Stuff. People sometimes. How many of you can say people? Another children's program, who needs people? You can ask me later what program that was. Three times I lost passion. But I found on all those three times, I found a day or two or three days, five days, that I just really like you know why do i keep doing this i'm gifted i have ability i can go make 10 times the amount of money i can go do this i can do anybody been there i can go do this i can do it because i can do it i got the passion i got the skill i got the ability to do it so then i remembered oops I'm in a new season. I need to ask God. (laughs) God, what do you want me to do? And all three times, it was seven days and two hours from that prayer that I got the answer. And here was my answer stay the course and this will be your next step. And that's all he said, okay? That's all he said, and I'm not gonna tell you what he said to the next step. But stay the course, and this is the next step. So I stayed the course. First time, took three years. Second time, took seven years. And the third time took three weeks. You know what I attribute that to? Pride finally is removed. Lack of passion is finally removed and great passion happened. And there was a 100% trust in my God. So God knew he could just tell me right away. But he had to, you know, let me just tell you. Some of you have known me for a long time. There's some time, you saw me smiling all the time and serving the pastor and Pastor Bradford and all the different things. There were some times, man, I was going through hell on earth. Okay? And in that process, God had to, oh, man, there's about five levels of pride there. Probably came from my, Athletics when I was younger. Athletics is great. I would do it over again. Athletics has taught me so much. For those who are in athletics, keep it up. Proud of you. Do it. You may not make the major leagues, but keep it up. Whatever you do, keep it going. As long as you know it's what God is asking you to do, do it. But go to Him. God, what are you telling me in this season? And a lot of people think a new season is a oh, great change. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna move to Texas. I'm going to move here. I'm going to move there. I'm going to move here and do this and change this and change that, change jobs, change wives, change husbands. <laughs> you know, I know we laugh at that, but people do that. Pretty sad. Yeah, let's all stand. So, the next six to ten years, I'm ready for the breakthrough of this decade. And I'm going to passionately pastor you. And I'm going to move in a realm greater than I ever have because we are all in a new season. But what is God saying to you regarding here? What are you to do? What do you need to change? Are you trusting God or are you just blowing it off and just saying, well, I've known the Lord for all this and, you know, you can know the Lord 50 years and still need to know more. Yeah. But I know you, you're passionate about God. Let's just align everything we talked about in the past three weeks. Go back over it. I, I've heard a lot of people, a lot of the guys are coming to me and saying, Pastor, Men, I listened to your message three times this week from last week. Church family, listen to it over and over. I gave you so much today. There's so much revelation, so much reality that will imply to your life. Grab a hold of it. Online, listen to it over and over again. Come and see us. And if you need Jesus Christ and you don't know him, today's your day. Today's your day. Let's do it believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. I don't want to do this all church them. Soon we're going to be announcing water baptism. I want many people who just got born again because of you showing them the light. Touch lives, touch your family, co-workers, be a blessing. In Jesus' name, Let the anointing of the Holy Spirit rule and reign in your life. Wherever you go, whoever you touch, will know that Jesus Christ is the answer. Healing arise, breakthrough manifest in your life. And I thank you, Lord, for that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you. See you tonight, 6 o'clock tonight.